small business news, advice, and education. This is Startup BizCast. Welcome, everyone. This is Startup BizCast number 73. I'm your host, Steve Mullen, president of Endgame Public Relations. Startup BizCast is produced by BizPods, the corporate podcast production service from Endgame Public Relations. For more information on getting your own podcast for your own business, please visit endgamepr.com forward slash podcasts. This episode of Startup BizCast is sponsored by GoToMyPC. You know, sometimes it's almost more trouble than it's worth to telecommute because all of your files are at work. There is a solution to that problem, though. GoToMyPC allows you to see your computer desktop from any other computer in the world. Listeners of Startup BizCast can get a free 30-day trial by going to gotomypc.com forward slash techpodcasts. You can find that link in the show notes for this episode as well. Now, I have a great interview this week. I'm talking with Jim Tracy. He's the founder and president of America's Best Companies, a small business organization that has a great website and print magazine with a lot of wonderful information for entrepreneurs. Jim and I talk about a list of five key tools they've put together that can help any small business owner succeed. That interview is coming up in just a moment, but first I wanted to talk about a listener email I received that's related to the last episode of Startup BizCast, which was on business blogging. Mark from Belfast, Ireland, asked about his e-commerce business, snowandtrail.com. He asked a good question. He said now that he's got an established business online, how can he convert it to a community? He gave a few options, like using blogging software like WordPress or Joomla. He said he could use his existing content management system or just start a new website or subdomain for that community. Now, the idea here is to kill two birds with one stone. Online communities attached to businesses are wonderful for SEO because if you're successful, people will link to them left and right. Plus, they give potential customers a reason for hanging around your website, even if they're not really necessarily looking to buy something. Now, if you're looking to do something like this, my advice is always to make sure it's part of your website instead of using a free service to set it up on their site. Mark is thinking along these same lines, it seems. Now, I recommend using a blog in this instance, and I recommend WordPress because it's a great piece of software. The content that Mark was talking about adding to his website could go into that blog. There are a lot of things he could blog about. It's likely he would never run out of ideas. And the benefit is that whether he's talking about products or destinations, he could enlist his visitors to help out in comments with their own reviews. This business is really tailor-made for blogging, and once again, I do recommend WordPress. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful blogging software. Good luck to Mark with his business, and thanks for contacting me. Time now for this week's Startup BizCast advice interview. America's Best Companies is a great small business organization that helps entrepreneurs in a variety of ways. Joining me this week is Jim Tracy, the founder and president of that organization. He has five tips that will help any entrepreneur succeed. Jim, thanks for joining me this week on Startup BizCast. No problem. Nice to meet you. Now tell us about America's Best Companies. America's Best Companies is a, uh, for lack of a better description, a small business association uh, where all small businesses can join instead of specializing in restaurants or dry cleaners. or so we've created this one-stop shopping where any kind of business can join us, get all our benefits, all our discount programs. We have about 100 strong discount programs. We own a magazine called America's Best. Uh, we'll build a website for a small business owner on a place called My ABC Space, and we'll help them get found on the Internet because we own a search engine called Easy Local, and uh, we'll get them found at the top of our search engine. But more importantly, there's 37 other search engines in the world uh, that, that produce a, a local search product, and we can get them found on all of those local searches as well, whether they're from Yahoo or Google or MSN or uh, even, even Yellow Book or Yellow Pages. 
Okay. Now you guys have put together a list of five key tools a small business needs to succeed. Let's run through them one by one. The first you list is to build a website, and this is something I've been preaching and preaching and preaching about. And it's amazing that some businesses out there still don't have a site. Correct. When we started America's Best Companies, we were looking at each of the things a small business owner needed uh, to succeed today. And the funny thing is, we assumed most business owners had a website. But as we started our membership, we realized 85% of the new members did not have a website. And I looked at who they were, and it kind of made sense. They were plumbers, and they were uh, attorneys, and they were uh, dry cleaners. And they said, well, what do I need a website for? And we explained to them that everybody under 30 years old today pretty much looks at the Internet first before they make a decision on where they're going to do business. And uh, so we made an imperative, and and we made a a system where they could build their own website, or we'll actually build one for them, all included in their uh, low membership fee. And uh, do you know what the percentage is now of your members? Yeah, what we've done is uh, we've we've kind of made it a requirement that if you want to be a member, you got to be found on the internet. <laughs> so uh, uh, we've we've put on about uh, two thousand uh, people that did not have websites. We built them for all two thousand of them, and last month alone, eight hundred and twenty-two of those businesses were found on Google. So we've actually been able to produce proof. Uh, that these businesses were found, clicked on through these websites, uh, and most of them I'm contacted because they were found through these websites. So we have we have true proof. If that's something you're preaching, keep on going because it is something a business owner has to have to survive today. And I think I think the the, the percentage is finally going up. I actually uh, built a website for for a client that surprisingly didn't have one fairly recently. But then you know this week I was at a conference. <clears throat> excuse me, of uh, business incubators, and every single one of them had a site, and and most of the businesses they worked with had a site. So I think it's finally getting through. It is. I mean, everybody's starting to really realize that the problem we're still having is, is again, there's a good percentage of business owners between the age of 40 and 60. That's the group that we're still trying to really educate uh, that if they want to make it in the future, if they want to compete in these hard economic times, they've got to get found by everybody in their community. Not just the people that drive by, not just the people that still pick up a yellow pages, but those people that that actually go to the internet before they buy anything. And your next tip, uh, the second tip, is to get connected. Explain what you mean by that. That's that's pretty simple. Uh, within a community, there's nothing more important for a small business owner than to be known by that community. I could give you a great example. Uh, last night, I was at a Cub Scout meeting with uh, one of my sons. It was a pack meeting, you know, the big meeting, uh, where they give out awards. And at each pack meeting, they have a guest speaker. Well, last night, they had a guest speaker on nutrition. Uh, if I was a local uh, small business owner and I had a, a restaurant or any type of um, juice shop, anything that was related to food, I would absolutely go and speak at, at something like this. And the funny thing is, the Cub Scouts will even pay you to speak at these things, but I would absolutely do it for free. And, and what am I going to do? I get to promote my business to, to 300 live people sitting there. I get to start building loyalty in the youth there. I would even hand out coupons, um, you know, get a free you know milkshake or something, because nobody's going to come there and just get the milkshake uh, when they arrive at my restaurant. So, you know, last night, uh, this was sponsored by a local, one of these juice-type places that mixes up yogurts and juices and everything else, and that's exactly what they did. And I thought, how genius. Not only is the pack paying them to be there, but now they got 300 new customers, and they handed out coupons to 300 new people. 
that's a small example of what they could do. They could participate in parades, uh, which is usually, you know, free or a 10 or 15 or $20 donation. Every town has parades, whether it's for Veterans Day or Memorial Day or Columbus Day or uh, uh, Thanksgiving, whatever it is. Uh, you can throw candy to the kids and put a sign on the on the side of your truck or your, your car, uh, and that's a way to promote your business. You need the, the people of your community to, to feel like you participate there. And uh, yeah, even beyond that, obviously, there's you know the Rotan clubs, the Rotaries, the the Optimist clubs of the world. They are always looking for speakers. Yep, and there's the Main Street groups, and there's the Chambers of Commerce. Even though you've got to pay to be a member, is a good way to get connected within your community, make contact. Uh, but there's countless other ways. You can go to your local schools. Uh, I don't care if you're a plumber. You can talk about the importance of good plumbing, uh, you know, in in a home and, and create uh, some commotion within a school. You know, can you believe the plumber came in and said that, you know, well, we know we're always going to be needed you know, because people are always going to have to go to the bathroom and they're always going to, I mean, you can go anywhere and be any type of business and you can make a connection. That's true. That's true. Now, speaking of connections, tip number three is forming a mastermind group. What's that? Yeah, this is something that uh, I've practiced and preached my entire life. I, I don't care if you're trying to make a good decision on whether to marry a woman, uh, start a business have a child, uh, I feel that some kind of mastermind group needs to be formed. And this is a group of influential people that will help you to make a good decision in your life of any type. Now, if you own a business, it's easy to form a mastermind group because you can work with other small business owners within your very local community. In other words, most small businesses are surrounded by other small businesses. These business owners should get to know each other. They don't have to be best friends, but they could meet for coffee once a month. They could meet for uh, a Danish. They could meet for lunch once in a while, and they can work together uh, to communicate uh, within their community. One thing we encourage is uh, newsletters or mailings or dropping things in mailboxes. Well, a group like this could share in something like that. They could, they could share the idea of creating a newsletter of the small businesses in this downtown area and, and share in the cost of spending $300 to have some high school kids drop them off in every mailbox in town. But this mastermind group can talk about what are the challenges, um, where they're getting good deals these days, who's helping them with what, um, how they've developed new customer relationships, what they've had to go through. Um, some of these business owners have been through three or four recessions because they've been around for 30 years. They could talk about the ups and downs and how to survive with each other. And uh, just like any kind of uh, advice you're seeking, it's always good to have a group of people, not just one individual that tells you what to do. I really like this one, uh, particularly with small business owners, sole proprietors, or, or maybe somebody that has you know only one or two employees. You kind of feel like you're out on an island sometimes um, where you're just making all the decisions yourself and you just don't have anybody to talk to about them. Absolutely. I, I feel that a business owner is often one of the loneliest positions in the world. It's difficult for them to talk to their employees about anything. They don't want to scare them, uh, especially if times are rough. Um, but if you if you surround yourself with people with a, a similar situation, similar problems, similar concerns, uh, what, what's funny is, is you know, the, the great um, industrialist Cyrus McCormick once said, you know, take away uh, my people and leave my factories, and soon I'll have grass growing through the factory floors. He says, take away my factories and leave my people, and soon I'll have newer and better factories. And the thing about a community is those people working together, those business owners working together, can, can make a better factory. In other words, they can make a better downtown. 
They can make a better shopping experience. They can send people to each other's stores. They can um, have business cards or brochures for each other's businesses. They can have, you know, the ice cream shop coupon on their, on their uh, you know, counter if they're the bicycle shop in town. And the same thing at the ice cream shop. They can say, you know, when you're looking for a bicycle, you know, make sure you stop by this place and here's a $10 off coupon if you go get your bike over there. Um, they can all work together and, and help each other uh, and give each other advice. Okay, great. Now, tip four is to ask, what else can I do for you? Now, this requires a touch of explanation, but I really like it. Go ahead. Yeah, there's multiple ways to talk about this, but the truth is um, there's a very, very large fast food chain uh, that started asking, would you like fries with your order? Or would you like to, you know, supersize your meal? Uh, I'm not going to get into who they are, uh, but it was a proven fact that they increased their profits 11% the first quarter they started doing that. Um, oftentimes, people ignore, they think, oh, we got the sale, great, um, and, and they let somebody escape. Instead of constantly asking, uh, what else can I do for you? What more can I do for you today? What more can I offer uh, to you today? And, and people are shocked by how often they'll get uh, an answer. I recently bought a, a new vehicle, um, an American-made vehicle, uh, went to the dealership, and, and I wanted to have a, a, a new bumper put on because it was a truck. And uh, the person was amazed when he said, what else can we do for you? I said, well, you know, I really like those little chrome things they do over the, over the turn signals. Uh, and the guy immediately came back. Well, we have a couple of those in stock. They're $44, and our guy will install them for free if you want to do it right now. And had he not asked, I never even would have said, oh, do you have the chrome markers? It, it's so simple to ask somebody, what more can I offer you? What more can I do for you? Is there anything else I can get for you today? You'll be shocked what percentage of the time somebody will say yes. And you'll also be shocked how that sticks in their brain, that that was that one little bit of extra customer service that it took for them to remember you next time. So it's, it's not quite an upsell, but more of, I guess you'd say, a plus sell. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to upsell. I mean, if you have the skills to do that, you'll, you'll do that before they finish their sale. You'll do that before they're walking out the door. You'll, you'll, you'll make sure you do it, you know, um, at a good moment. But not every $8 an hour employee is capable of doing that. You as an owner may be capable of a good upsell. Um, but the, the plus sell, you know, the, the, the speaking at the end, just saying, look, we're here for you if there's anything else you need, will really stick in somebody's brain because they're not going to get that when they go to the big box store. Okay, and the final tip, um, and this, this should be obvious, but sadly, sometimes it isn't, serve your customers. Yeah, if you're a small business in America today, this is the difference maker. Uh, I talk about the example of, of buying a bicycle all the time. Um, my wife, uh, you know, made the mistake years ago that my parents made for me, and she bought my son a, a bicycle at a big box store. And uh, it immediately had issues. It immediately started falling apart. A pedal fell off when we were five miles from home on a bike ride. Um, and I said, you got to just go to a local bicycle shop, get them fitted, get a good, strong bicycle. Um, and she was amazed when she went there. We spent more money, but the service, he, he got to test drive five bikes. He'd never be able to do that in a big box store. Um, he got to be fitted. He got the seat raised to just the proper height. They added reflectors where they thought they were necessary. They taught him how to use handbrakes where he's used to not using handbrakes. 
I mean, all that service that you get from that small business owner, plus they tuned it up and told them, bring it back in three months and we'll tune it up again for you for free. Um, that kind of service is what really makes a difference. You feel like your child's going to be safer. You feel like you made the right decision, spending maybe a little bit more money to better get a better quality and a better experience. I mean, this is critical. And, and you got to remember the customer is always right. That old uh, cliche, the customer is right. Why? Because whatever their opinion is, that's what they want. And you got to find a way to give them what they want. And that holds true with uh, whether you're working, uh, your, whether your your customer is, is is the public or whether your customer is other businesses. Uh, you know, you're, you're working for them. Absolutely, they're paying your bills, they're paying your employees, they're paying your rent. Uh, you know, I know you feel like you're doing it, but the truth is, you have to have customers to be able to do these things. Uh, you know, one of the sayings I always had was, you know, nothing happens until somebody sells something. So first you've got to sell them something, and then you've got to service them, um, uh, whether that is a service uh, that you've sold, a product that you've sold, a widget that you've sold, uh, animal that you've sold, a bicycle you've sold, or a meal that you've sold. Um, it's all got to come with a smile, and it's all got to come with the, the best possible service. Right, great stuff this week. Jim Tracy with America's Best Companies. Thanks so much for joining us this week. No problem. Thank you very much. And if anybody would like to learn more, we, uh, we can be found at americasbestcompanies.com. You can find a link to America's Best Companies in the show notes for this episode and on the Startup BizCast blog. If you have any comments or questions about Jim's tips, or if you have comments or questions about any small business issue, please feel free to contact me. The best way is to leave a voicemail that I can use in a future episode. That voicemail number is 206-350-7905. That's 206-350-7905. And if for whatever reason you can't leave a voicemail, you can also email info at startupbizcast.com or leave a comment on the Startup BizCast blog. That's a wrap for episode 73 of Startup BizCast. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mullen. This program is produced by BizPods, the podcast production service from Endgame Public Relations. To find out how your organization can join the podcasting revolution, please visit www.endgamepr.com forward slash podcasts.